Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. Welcome back. Uh, joined also by Eddie Radosovich. and Joe Duvall here in studio. Josh McQuistian is uh, in his own studio as well. And it is actually Wednesday, October 26th as we're recording this podcast. Uh, Eddie, has this been the longest week of the season for you? Uh, it, it's close. I mean, definitely with everything that happened. After in- a win, for sure. Oh, yeah. you. This is. We kind of talked about it on the way back from Lubbock, just in the fact that uh, this does not feel like they won on Saturday. It doesn't feel like they won at all. Well, and it was chaos, basically, since the end of the game. Uh, we're going to kind of go through all that stuff. Uh, and chaos just because people are upset. And, and on our board specifically, I don't know. I'm starting to wonder how much of a representative uh, our board is of the rest of the world. Or if it's like the very extreme version of the rest of the world. Yeah, as they would say, the vocal minority, but it's been intense. I would say there's a lot of people that are pissed off, not just on the board, but everywhere. And it's a I guess topic they, of conversation yeah, they, everywhere you they, go. They definitely have a reason to be. I guess it was a historic moment on Saturday, and it is definitely on Twitter, Joe. Uh, I mean, you're on Twitter. You're on. You're you're doing the social medias. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Stoops is the name that just continually pops up. Time and time again with everyone, I think. It's like you can't say anything about Oklahoma sports in general without hearing back about Mike Stoops. I was tweeting about, talking about Long Kruger was in Kansas City for Big 12 basketball media days. I did see this. And I'm putting up his quotes and stuff, and one of the first responses on the board was from someone saying, hey, what's, uh, what's Long Kruger's take on Mike Stoops and if he should be fired? You know, it's just kind of where the mindset is for people around here. They're thinking about that defense and the defense only. Uh, something we talked about. Uh, yesterday before uh, post-practice availability with Barry Trammell, we were talking about how it feels like there should be this big overhaul. It feels like there's this tension, like something bad just happened. And then it's almost hard to believe that they are 4-0 for, in the Big 12 for the first time since 2004. It's this weird feeling. It's, it's unusual. I don't know that it's hard to believe. I mean, I've kind of been saying, it's like, Eddie and I, we got up Sunday morning, and we were you know, in the hotel in Lubbock. And I posted on the board, okay, we're getting ready to drive home. It's going to be about five or six hours till, I, till I'm back in service. And how long from that point on was it, like 45 minutes or an hour before yeah. I could finally leave the hotel from just answering people's 
questions and concerns on the board? <laughs> I, the the thing that got me too on Sunday was just the the fact that there were so many people that had talked themselves into that something was going to happen on Sunday or yeah, that, that like really Bob weird. Stoops was going to come out and make some kind of statement on Monday at the press conference during the middle of the year when they are 4-0. I mean, I, I get it that people are pissed off and I get it. I I think that they have every right to be. It was it was a terrible performance defensively, but uh, at the same time, they are still four zero, and they won the game. How, what do you say? Uh, they got themselves all up in a tizzy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that. Well, let's welcome in Josh McQuistion, uh, who is deals with everybody on the board as much as usual. But I get the feeling like Josh has just been kind of like ducking his head this week, going, "Hey, here's some recruiting stuff for you. Hey, Gary, there's a post right there. You might want to take that." I, <laughs> there's some of that. You guys know it's always a. It's a weird line because I'm the recruiting guy. You know, there's always that bit of balance. But at the same time, the I, people ask me, even going into this week, you know, do you think Bob would let Mike go? In the middle of the season, no. He's never done that. And he's going to do it to his brother? Like, I, I don't understand how anybody convinced himself that was a possibility. Um, at the same time, I, and I said something and I was – I kind of said it and I, I, I've thought about it some more. I still feel okay about it. In a lot of ways, as far as from a scheme standpoint and a lot of the things that people are trying to pin on Mike, I had more of an issue after Ohio State than I did Texas Tech. I, I, a lot of what went wrong in Lubbock it was, had nothing to do with scheme. It was obvious that Will Johnson wasn't the answer and they didn't try anything different in terms of stopping their run game. Is that what you're talking Absolutely. about? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like th- Those were things I felt like a coach could have at least tried to address. I don't know how he makes guys – suddenly start making tackles or chasing down play, you know, like just, and I don't really buy the effort thing. Those guys, I I think at this level, you work pretty hard. You're going to go play during your 12 times. You get to go out and be under the spotlight, but there was definitely some, I don't know, disheartenment. I don't know what you want to call it. People were down. You could tell in the second half, but I, I just struggle to find in that game that the problems with Mike Stoops, uh, exceeded, what I saw in Ohio State, where I thought some of the things were under his control. I think that's a good point, Josh. It's it's like the criticisms from that defense, or like the totality of the defense. Whereas, like against Houston, uh, you could see how Dakota Austin was getting picked on. Against Ohio State, you could see how Will Johnson was being exposed. In this Texas Tech game, it's kind of like it's something Kerry was talking about yesterday. Someone was said, "Oh, you got to get Jordan Parker out of there," and Kerry was saying, "I think Jordan Parker played just as well as Jordan Thomas." I mean, there's no one person you can just single out and say. There was the problem. There's where it needed to be fixed. It felt more of a, a total team thing. It, it was hard to place a finger on exactly what was wrong. By the way, I'm going to be the, uh, I'm trying to think, the business-minded bastard and tell everyone out there listening, because we know there's so many people listening to this podcast that not everybody is a subscriber to The Scoop. Uh, folks, get on Soonerscoop.com, man. I mean, times like this, uh, Eddie and I, you know, we're at the game. We're talking to coaches. Uh, we can we can answer your questions. We're going to kind of go through what this week has been like, but uh, we're here for you. I mean, we're we're always available on the on the Crimson Corner. Uh, it's our premium message board. It's ten bucks a month, hundred bucks a year. Basically, we are your slaves, twenty four seven. We have to come and talk to you about OU football. You, you tag us in a post. We'll be there in a minute. And that's been the great. Like we, you know, our message boards have been revamped for me, and, and this is for people that are subscribers. Tag me, dude. I mean, like, yep. with the new app that we have, it comes up immediately on my phone. In the past, yes, I have been terrible about 
you know, getting in there and getting on threads that people want. For, and we, Josh, you know this. We always used to be like, hey, put our names in the headline and we'll see it. And then, and people don't do that, though. I mean, yeah. they, they, they start a post and they say, hey, Carrier, hey, Josh, or hey, Eddie. Uh, yep. But now you have the ability to tag us in message board posts. We all have the app on our phone. The uh, 2.0 Android is out. The 2.0 iPhone is coming. The iOS is coming. Uh, but I, I mean, constantly, all day, my phone is just blowing up with either, and we watch threads that we start or that we get in, uh, and I mean, it's it's simple. If you want 24-7 access, and literally, it almost, I go to bed at midnight, I wake up at four. You can pretty much, there's a pretty good shot that I'm going to be around to answer your questions if you have it. Uh, so that's one thing. If you're a subscriber, make sure you tag us, and a lot of people do a great job of that now, and they'll tag everyone on the staff. We don't mind. Tag us all, and we'll get to your question, uh, but if you're not a member you need to jump on Soonerscoop.com uh, just simply for the message board. I mean, we do a lot of content. The podcast is free. Uh, and people, you know, there's always this attitude out there, oh, you evil payside guys. They're just, they're just stealing your money. No, we're ava- I mean, that's what we do. We're, we're available for you guys. A lot of content is, is free. A lot of it's premium. I think, Josh, you've kind of made this point before. We pump out so much free content even the sites that are like bragging about being free and that are bloggers that don't cover practice, that don't cover the team, we're putting out just as much or more and more quality free content than anybody out there. Oh, I do a check about once every two or three days. And at any given time, you know, probably seven of our 10 top stories are free. You know, we are two of our top three right now. I think five of our top seven, those are free stories. Now, and the thing that I get into is people always say, well, you know, you, you we only see four or five stories on the front page. To put in perspective what you're missing when you're on the board, there are 32 pinned pieces of information on the board right now, from recruiting news to HD video with Mike Stoops during KU week, going all the way down. I mean, and this stuff isn't like two weeks old. This is something that people have been interacting in within the last 48 hours. And this Eddie is and all Joe, topical stuff. Eddie and, for instance, like Eddie and Joe – get on the boards as soon as practice is over and they say, hey, this is what they talked about. This is what this is what the storylines were today at practice. And that goes on our premium board. So it's like we don't want to just up, you know, load a whole bunch of stories on the front. We want it to be quality content. Uh, we want it, people not to miss it. But get on the uh, you get on the message boards, you realize how much information is flowing from us. It's just constant. So there's my little sales pitch. If we're going to do free podcasts, we might as well get some sales pitches in there. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, and we do appreciate you listening and uh, writing uh, and rating us on the uh, iTunes page and and uh, all that stuff. It's been fantastic, and the response has been fantastic. Uh, let me get to one that, and this is kind of the way that the week has gone. We talked about the panic, you know, Saturday night. I'll be honest with you. I think we got back to our hotel room about two thirty Sunday morning uh, in Lubbock, so it's not like I got to read a lot of the instant reaction i knew it was bad i mean and that's the thing eddie like everybody after a game like that how many people come up to us and go how bad is your board right now every person in the press box (laughs) and i'm like yeah it's probably pretty bad i haven't looked myself like and we had one guy tell us like he he sent us a jesus effing f i just logged on to your board for the first time this week uh how do you guys do it and it's just like our board is famous for meltdowns it was, and the craziest part it was again. They won the game. They went. They walked out with a win. 
and it was still a meltdown, but I enjoyed it. I mean, it was uh, it. I, I stayed up pretty late on Saturday night. Uh, yeah, you did. Side note. Well, side let's, note. Let's love say it, love the it. reason you were up late Saturday night, though, is because you wanted to see every single Cubs highlight yeah, that I was did. possibly available. I did. And side note, uh, if Lubbock hotel situation, somehow we had the only room that didn't have access to ESPN and ESPN2. so bad. And it was the most effed up thing I've ever <laughs> gone through. <laughs> Like, I would just sit there, like, hoping that it was going to come back on. It kind of, like, it had... Like, it would tease you a little bit. It would tease bit. you a little Like, at one point, Michael Wilbon was there in a whole Cubs uniform, but you couldn't hear what he was saying. <laughs> it was... I knew that was going to be bad. Like, you had my iPad. You could have done the watch ESPN thing. Oh, it wasn't thing. that big of a deal. I was watching on my computer. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I go ahead, I feel like Josh. Eddie might have, like... Did he crap in a paper bag and light it on fire before you guys left? Like, I feel like there might have been something really hostile as you guys were departing Lubbock. Uh, no, it wasn't too bad. We were we were uh, getting the uh, Vikings game, and they weren't getting their ass kicked at the time, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, we went to we stopped at a Buffalo Wild Wings on the way out, and so we got to watch some of the Vikings game. I don't know how we ended up at a Buffalo Wild Wings. We were trying to find a Whataburger, and it was just like, oh, Buffalo Wild Wings, they have TVs in there. Let's go watch some of Bradford's game. And then I paid ten dollars a month so I could get it on the TuneIn app because I just felt like I felt like being nice to Eddie, and, and I kind of wanted to hear the Vikings game. By the way, uh, like Vikings, I made him turn it off halfway through the third quarter. Yeah, I was like, do you want me to turn it back on? And you're like, no, don't even bother. <laughs> uh, here's the thing about like NFL teams. Dude, they have the biggest dinosaurs for play-by-play guys. Like, They can't get rid of them. Like, It's so weird. Like, like, I think OU is so lucky to have a young guy like Toby Rowland. Because like when you listen, it literally sounds like you're being transported back into time. Like I thought, we time traveled there for a little it was, bit. It's weird. It's definitely weird. The but guy for for the Vikings is they're pretty good, but the guy for the Eagles, oh yeah, old as dirt. The other thing too is, I mean, I guess, dude, this is kind of a dumb question, and maybe just because I didn't grow up really following a professional NFL team, but do people listen to NFL games on the radio? I guess you do if you're out and about, but I'm sure they do. Just like people listen to them in college. Yeah. I more so. so. I remember listening to Jake Plummer Broncos games while driving on the road. I mean, it's it's yeah, I've done it. Uh, Broncos games on the radio. I I actually kind of like listening to games on the radio. It's a little, I don't know. We did back. we did listen to Dave South. Dave South at Texas A and M. He's yeah, like old as dirt too. He's he's like Alabama. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like an, enunciating everything. So yeah, there's my take on old timey. If you want to find an old-timey sports guy, he's doing play-by-play somewhere. <laughs> like, they're not in the press box anymore because they're, they, they're like, I'm not going to do Twitter. No. And so, like, they all quit or retired. or <laughs> There are no Twitter updates from play-by-play bought guys. out from their newspaper stuff. Like, you don't ever run into older people anymore in the media. It's tr- kind of true. Unless they're, like, like, Trammell's older, but he's young at heart. Tram's I'm getting a lot, that way. Tram's a lot younger than I originally thought he was. When we started, like when I first got on the beat, uh huh. I don't know. For some reason, I always thought that he was he's just got like silver hair. Well, and just like growing up uh, in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City and stuff, I always read it. He his does. Columns he and uses stuff. words like bull feathers. Yeah, so he does. Think, like, he does use like the old really old time words. He's got razzle dazzle. He's old okay, school. Okay, Josh. See, this is <laughs> crap. See, I told Trammel about this. I said, you know what? You'll appreciate this, Barry. You can appreciate this more than anybody. My freaking partner ripped on me for using razzle dazzle in a tweet today. <laughs> razzle dazzle him. 
Nothing wrong with Razzle Dazzle. He like, did show some razzle dazzle. It's probably it's Baker Ri- Mayfield. It's probably Richard Gere's uh, best song from the musical Chicago. So there you go. It's a very manly Holy thing to say. That just, that's just, I've never seen that. That's mm. uh, Joe it's, might have to. We need like a podcast penalty box. <laughs> Don't they have that? Doesn't Dan Patrick have like a? Or yeah, that's just like his 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 box of thoughts or whatever. Their confessional, or whatever. When he brings people in. <laughs> We can have like a, a Joe timeout area. Yes, we we're gonna have. If you come up with more of that stuff, my friends used to give me points at lunch if I said stupid things, and they would add them up. <laughs> we're gonna have a yeah, we're gonna have a Joe chart. All right, here's what I want to do. I want to kind of go through, and I'm sorry once again we're having Josh audio problems, so he's gonna have to guess what's being said. <laughs> uh, but I want to go through kind of the and you you got Eddie and and Joe. You guys have both kind of been through what this week is like. So it starts out. And everybody is flipped out. They want Mike Stoops fired. Uh, we go into the post-game press conference, and even I asked Mike Stoops a question. Can you fix it? And his first answer was, I don't know. And I felt like, oh, my God, Mike, what are you doing to yourself? Like We, <laughs> we talked about this. It's like, And I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. It was just like, but when you start out, when someone asks you, can you fix it, and your first answer is, I don't know. I, I'll just say this. Mike was shell-shocked after the game. Like, I have never seen... Like, somebody said that they thought he was, like, white as a sheet. Like, he just... I don't know. It, he was taking it hard. It was... And it was so weird, too, because it was like, you know, they start off with... They bring Bob in first, and then uh, they brought in Lincoln, and then... And then Mike, Mike right? and then Baker. And then yeah. Baker. But it was like the, the atmosphere, like the energy just... Completely changed when Lincoln walked out and Mike walked in. Oh, Lincoln's, was, yeah, Lincoln's fired up. I yeah, mean, he set all kinds of records. And then Mike, in his homecoming, then Mike, came back to Lubbock. And then Mike Stoops walks in. And here's me asking him, can you? And Barry Trammell is calling me right now for some reason. Here's uh, Mike answering the question, can you fix it? You know, we've got to do a better job, be more aggressive to complete plays. Uh, that, that would be his brother, Bob. Here's Mike. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we're going to, you know. Got no choice. I mean, can only go up from here. So it's just, you know, just total breakdowns, technique, guys running post routes wide open. I, I've never seen that like, my whole life. Never seen that many guys open in one game. So uh, he had no answers. It was like the human version of FML. It's uh, with Mike. It's I kind of feel bad for him though because we've talked about this before. How he's the most authentic guy maybe out of the coaching staff you're gonna know what he's thinking and sometimes transcribing those thoughts and it doesn't always come through the right way I, I feel like people should appreciate at least that he's at least gonna be have candor when he's speaking and, and people always have a negative reaction because of what happened on the field but I, I don't know at least I can always appreciate with Mike you're, you're getting the feeling of what he's feeling and you, you could tell that man he, he took that hard um, and I think that's something at least as, you, as disappointed and as mad as you can be with the performance at least you have to appreciate that he did take it hard no doubt there, you can say anything you want about Mike Stoops right now but uh, the one thing that you probably couldn't say is that he wasn't embarrassed by that situation on Saturday night he was completely embarrassed and I think he even said humiliated yesterday yeah and, and I think that's the thing about Mike it's not that he doesn't care uh it's and I think sometimes he's too vulnerable. Like sometimes I just want him to say like, "Screw you! I know what I'm doing." So kiss my ass yeah. and we'll get better. I mean, 
Sometimes I almost think like it'd be better if he just did that instead of just trying to be so honest. Like, yeah, we suck. I it's my fault, and I question if I even know what I'm doing. I mean, uh, so essentially because of that, what it turned into is Mike Stoops should be fired. Like in Mike Stoops, and we know this is floating around all the time. Uh, Josh, you probably, I mean, you probably can even go back to Brent Venables with this deal where, uh, you know. He kind of got. He wasn't a Stoops brother, but people almost when they criticized him, it was almost like nepotism. I mean, you know, Bob's friends. I mean, that always is what Bob's friends. He won't let his friends go, and then the Bruce Kittle thing accelerated the friends thing. Uh, but it is kind of a natural course with Bob Stoops that oh, he wouldn't be here if he wasn't his brother, and uh, so then we turn to Monday. And uh, Bob Stoops has his press conference. You've gotten past all that stuff. I watched the coaches show as soon as I got home from Lubbock, so I kind of knew what Bob's tone was and what it, I wanted to see what it was going to be. And he started kind of just getting around to defining the problems with the defense at his press conference. You know, we've got to do a better job, be more aggressive to complete plays. Uh, multiple occasions we got pressure and couldn't complete a sack. We've got them, you know, we got them two hands, can't, couldn't get them on the ground. He scrambled away and made plays. Uh, and then other times we're in tight coverage. They come up with the ball. We've got to be able to come get in there more aggressively, rip the ball out, knock it down, whatever it may be. And uh, so we've got to we've got to keep improving there. So you start hearing all the talk on Monday, and and I think some of it gets it gets a little uh, distorted because you are hearing you know fire Mike Stoops. You know this isn't working. Uh, you have radio people, you have fans, you have message boards. And then you have that Monday press conference where everybody's demanding the tough questions. So you're asking them. And I I wouldn't say I fought with people on the boards, but Eddie, you said this after it was over. Like, I don't know what other question really could have been asked. Yeah, on Bob. Monday? Yeah. You asked about his brother, if it was being his brother. Uh, you know, every Which, question. Which, by the way, I'll, let me play that real quick because here's... John Hoover, want to give him credit. He's the one that, that asked the question. There's a, a lot of, on that, on that theme, there's a lot of sentiment out there from the fans, from the public, from the media, that because Mike is your brother, he's, he's safe here. You know, a, another defensive coordinator coming in and putting up those kind of numbers would be fired kind of thing. That's not true. Um, you know, it's the, same, it's the same coordinator that also we led the league in every single defensive category a year ago and made it to the Final Four. And we're not running a new defense. He didn't bring in something different. It's the same defense. All right, so if it's worked before, it'll work again, and then I've got confidence in it. And I'm also part of what we're doing there. Bet Bob basically saying, I'm signing off on all this stuff too. Yeah. So you guys have a big problem with Mike being my brother. This is my defense as much as it is his. That's exactly what he said. And it's interesting too that, you know, I just the, – the, the thing about bringing up last year, it, it these guys just well don't help. Now. They don't help themselves. I don't understand why. And I guess I don't know if that's a PR thing or, or what, but they just don't help themselves in what they say on Mondays and after games. Yeah, but games. let's face it, though. Nothing they say is going oh, to it's come all gonna, good. Yeah, yeah, it's all going to be skewed. It, you're going to say something that people latch on to and criticize. Yeah, but the key is, I guess, don't fit into a narrative that people have. So people already have this narrative that, that Bob will use, you know, excuses from the past to justify poor play in the president. I mean, at the present, the, the Sugar Bowl being namely 
the the main thing that everybody points to that for years Bob Stoops said, oh, we'd be in Alabama in the Sugar Bowl anytime anything went wrong. And it almost sounded like you could hear this was going to be their new rallying call. Oh, well, we made the college football playoff last year. Look at our numbers from 2015. So I think that that got fans a little worried that that's what you're going to hear the rest of the way, even if the defense plays poorly. That, oh, remember last year, though? Remember last year? I, I don't think that's what fans want to hear. Well, they well, did. I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. I, my only thing, it's just a short point, is we always hear from Bob, well, last year has no reflection on what happened this year. It has no effect. There's no connection. But then when something goes wrong, <laughs> well, look at last year. We were stopping everybody. Well, the, uh, you can't have that both ways. Yeah, no, you're that's, that's, that's a little hypocrisy that you're pointing out there, and it does go on. But I'll say this. I thought, so Monday we talked to offense after practice. Everybody's still flipping out. People are upset about uh, last year's defense doesn't matter. The Big 12 sucked anyway. Or, oh, you faced a bunch of backup quarterbacks. So everybody's coming up. There's still, there's still a lot of infighting going on, I felt like. And there's still a lot of questioning the schemes and you know what OU is doing and their coaches more so than the players. And I don't know what, what happened but Tuesday when we spoke with the defense, I think getting to hear from the players themselves and them saying, oh, it was just awful, our, our effort was awful, our, 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 our preparation was awful, I think now you can kind of sit there and look at that Tech game, and everybody knows, Jordan Thomas, Jordan Evans, Ahmad Thomas, they were all terrible, horrible. I mean, some of the, I don't know, Josh, watching on television, did Jordan Evans look like the slowest human being on, on the planet? He did, and it was one of those things where I don't know that I noticed it going live through the game, but everybody just, you know, as we were kind of building through Sunday, everybody kept asking me, Josh, we do the MMI, look at look at, uh, at Jordan, tell me what you see, and he was bad. I mean, there's, there's no way to spin that. And kind of earlier I mentioned guys looking like they just lost I don't know, belief, I don't know, whatever you want to call they it. Quit. They quit. I mean, there's no other yeah, way to put it. Yeah, like that's what it looked like up. to me. It didn't look like a guy that didn't care. It looked like a guy that realized, I'm not going to make this play anyway. Jordan Thomas, I thought, gave up. I mean, was he even anywhere near a receiver in that game? I, no. And, it, it. I mean, did it not feel like he was really turning a corner the last few weeks and then to go out and put that up? I mean, I guess... Maybe it is, maybe it isn't silver lining because, you know, you don't want to focus too much on one game, but that's got to be a, a, a nice possibility for him to return because, man, that's some bad tape to put out there for NFL scouts. We're just a few weeks away from him having what Bob Stoops called one of the best halves of football he'd ever seen in the first half against Texas, and then he put up maybe the worst full game of football we've seen from at least a, a corner that you rely on to be your number one corner yeah. in a Bob Stoops era. That, that was as bad a performance and it's just a few weeks off of as good a performance as you've seen. So I, I, I don't know. That, to me, that, that has to make you think it's psychological, right? There's something in, I don't know what it is, motivation, what it has to be, but it's psychological. It has to be, right? Or is, I mean, Texas Tech isn't that much better throwing it downfield than Texas. They're not. No, and, and look at, I mean, you look at the best corners OU's had in the Stoops era. Imagine Derek Strait or Aaron Colvin or Reggie Smith having a game like that. Like, I can't even imagine it. That Those three, there's no way. And for that to happen to a guy that I think is every bit their equal as far as his the way he projects and the talent he has, for him to do that was staggering. Guys, to me, this speaks more than anything to the leadership yeah. on the defensive That's, side. I mean, yep. on offense, you have Baker Mayfield. 
I mean, you have Samaj P. Ryan. You have, uh, you know, you have Dede Westbrook that's out there. I mean, you have Joe Mixon. I mean, the defense, I wouldn't say, has anyone. I know it's controversial to say it. I wrote the article about it this week. Maybe we do have to start believing Lincoln Riley when he says he could see Joe Mixon being a, a team player because what he said to the pool reporter this week uh, to me was as much leadership as I've seen from anybody on this team, just in, in the way they speak about their teammates and what they bring to the team and what they appreciate about the team. I don't know that the defense has a single person that the other players rally around and believe when they say we need to do this or we need to do that. They don't. I don't think they do. I mean, you you take – I think that maybe Charles Walker was that guy, but everything that he's been through the last couple of weeks, I don't think that he can stand up in a defensive team meeting room and really you say know, anything. Who knows? Maybe that Charles Walker stuff is something that's really hurting this defense right now. I mean, yeah. if all this stuff is true and he could play, but he's not playing, he's choosing not to play, that could tear apart a locker room. Yeah. When, when he went into the season, considered one of your leaders on defense. It very well could. I mean, I just don't see that, you know, you, you go back through really good Oklahoma defenses in the last couple of years, or I mean, in the early, I guess, early portions of the Bob Stoops era. I don't think that a, a Rocky Kalmus would have let this kind of thing happen. No, I don't think no. that a Dusty Dvorak, Teddy, who Teddy Lehman. Teddy Lehman, any of those guys, I, I, I felt like Torrance listening. Marshall. Yeah, Torrance Marshall. I felt like guys like that. They would have slit somebody's throat on Saturday. I've heard from Dusty this week. Uh, he's still pissed. Just, I mean, he's on the radio every day. But I've heard he's called me just to tell me how upset he is <laughs> with the the players on the defense right now and the effort that they gave in that game because he's out doing ESPN games now on the weekends. He doesn't get to watch them until Monday usually. Uh, he called me last night. Right, I was like trying to get around to go to practice. I was like, Yeah, Dusty, I know you're pissed off at the defense, but I got to talk to you know Mike Stoops right now. Uh, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, the effort is, and, and you actually talked, and Joe, uh, Eddie, you were both over talking to Jordan Evans yesterday, and uh, Eddie, you asked him about the effort. As a senior captain, how did you feel like the effort was on Saturday? Just well, I can speak for myself, it was terrible. Um, yeah, so that's not what a captain should do. That's not what a football player should do. So uh, that has to change, and it's going to change, and that's never going to be shown again. And he was asked if he saw it, now that he's looking back at it, uh, did he see that in practice? Did he see it coming? You know, you practice how you play. So, you know, energy and effort wasn't that great last week in practice, and it definitely showed against uh, Kansas. Now, I'm, I'm saying all this, but at the end of the day, Texas Tech still was a good, great offense, you know, and great quarterback and skilled guys, and they made a lot of plays. So, we just got to be able to, instead of, you know, letting them have those big plays every time, we got to be able to minimize their gains, and a lot of that came from our effort. And so Jordan Evans admits their effort sucked. And, Joe, I know you were even talking to – I mean, here's one thing that's really interesting. Neville Gallimore has become a regular in the interview room. I mean, Bob is controlling the interviews now. He only wants us to talk to certain guys, which we talked to Maude Thomas, team captain. Uh, we talked to Jordan Evans, team captain. And then we talked to young, redshirt freshman. young redshirt freshman Neville Gallimore – but, I mean, you talked to him yesterday. There's a reason why they're bringing Neville Gallimore in. He's very mature. Oh, he was great. He's very mature. Uh, he, he was very positive uh, coming into the room. And Eddie can talk about Jordan Evans coming into the room yesterday. He seemed down. Very, it's very sulking. Uh, but Neville Gallimore was positive. Uh, put out a good message for the program. Uh, I, I asked him a question. I said, because he said something about when things go bad, you have to turn to find leaders on the field. And I said, okay, well, who are the guys when things break down that you're turning to 
to find his leaders on the field, thinking you're going to hear Jordan Evans or Jordan Thomas. And he started saying Charles Walker was one of the first names out of his mouth. And then he said Austin Roberts, which were both defensive linemen. But I thought it was pretty telling to me that he didn't immediately say, oh, the Jordan Evans or Jordan Thomas or Ahmad Thomas or Stephen Parker. That, and this is something that didn't sneak up on the team. You know, we, every reporter asked guys before the year started, hey, are you going to have trouble replacing guys like Eric Stryker and Charles, Charles Tapper Stapper, and yeah. Dominique Alexander? Are you going to have trouble replacing those guys and Zach Sanchez? And they all said, oh, we'll, we'll do it in our own way. We have our own kind of style. And it, Someone will step up. Exactly. And that, that, that hasn't happened, clearly. And we're talking about this, and they're getting ready to play their seventh game of the year. Or yeah, eighth game eight of the year. Eight weeks in. Uh, Plus a, Based a off that answer, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be playing Jordan Evans They anymore. have a lead. Whoa. I wouldn't. Who are you, you going to play, Eddie? I don't know. you got to put somebody else out but there. But there's no backup out there. I, what's the worst that could happen? The, they give up 900 yards this week? <laughs> Seriously. The, well, here's the disconcerting thing with Evans. I remember talking to him earlier in the year about uh, getting guys in the workroom and stuff, and he said that he was having to pull teeth to get guys like Curtis Bolton and get them to go watch film with him. And so if he might be one of the only few guys at an inside linebacker that is committed to watching film and seeing that stuff. There, there might be a number of guys that have thought, I'm going to be on special teams and a backup this entire year and not put in the work to be ready to be a starter. I, I think if anything you take out of this week is not the schemes or what Mike Stoops is doing, and everything falls back on the coaches. I'm not trying to make any excuses. There's a massive problem with leadership mm-hmm. and, and motivation with the defense right On now. one side of the ball, yeah. which is just mind-blowing. On offense, they're going bonkers. I mean, they're becoming the best offense in the country. I mean, the only offense... Josh, I don't know if you looked at stats on this, which is incredible. The only offense gaining more yards per play is Louisville than Oklahoma right now. And doing it with a quarterback who is getting a good chunk of his yard just on broken plays. Yeah. I mean, just an ad-lib guy. And don't get me wrong, like I would do the same if you know if I had Lamar Jackson in my offense. But, I mean, it, that, that tells you what not only is Oklahoma scripting, but what guys like Joe Mixon and D.D. Westbrook are doing once they get the ball in their hands. I mean, it's it's just – it's amazing, guys. I mean, I was looking at the numbers earlier, and we talked in the preseason about – you know, we all kind of made a bold prediction. I, I made something that was totally half-hearted about D.D. Westbrook maybe breaking Sterling Shepard's yardage from last year, doing better. And I didn't really believe it, but now you look at it, it he may break Ryan Broyles as the mark. He's like, on, I mean, he's on he, pace. The pace he's on is incredible right now. Yeah, he's on pace right now, Josh. I actually looked this up before I came over here. Uh, his current pace right now, and that's including the start of the year when he wasn't playing as well. So this he's is more of an stats. average. This is a stat chub right here. His current pace right now mm-hmm. is 1,727 yards for the year. That would be about 100 more than Ryan Broyles had in 2010, which was a school record. I want to I get more to the offense, but first off, I want to kind of finish my thoughts on the defense. After talking to the players this week, I want Joe and Eddie, you guys, to answer this for me. Is it clear to you that the biggest problem with this defense is the players right now and not the coaching? I would, I would say... I mean, coaching from the perspective, you've got to get guys ready to play and get right. motivated and all that stuff. I just... I don't, I don't see how we're at this level right now uh, that... that the players have to be rely on the coaches to get them ready. I think that goes back to the players. That goes back to leadership. Uh, it just blows my mind that a senior captain can say, can look back at a game that probably against one of the better offenses they're going to go against all year and say, yeah, I, 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 we just didn't really go that hard. We didn't play that well. And just kind of 
it's very lackadaisical, very half-ass. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like it was the first time that I've ever walked out of, or not, maybe not ever, but it was the first time this year that I walked out of there thinking I should have just asked him, like, why the hell not? Like, like, are you serious right now? Are, is that the answer you want to put out there, Jordan? <laughs> is that the answer? <laughs> Because it was, I mean, it was, frankly, it was just bullshit. It was what it was. This is a guy that is definitely down 0-1 in the World Series right now. Yeah, it's not good right now. I, I agree with everything Eddie said, but here, I'll, I'll put it through a different perspective. The, cusser, uh, the coaches in college football are the GMs. The players are there because the coaches chose them to be there. They were selected by the coaches. So at some point, even when there is a personnel problem, that still kind of falls upon the coaches and also, especially when you consider that they're making six, seven-figure salaries and these kids are getting a scholarship. So, to me, I kind of always tend to fall back on blaming the coaches a little more if you make it a 50-50 choice like that. But, I mean, Eddie's not wrong either. Those guys, they have to take some self-pride and they can't have... You can't be jogging on the field like so many guys were in a college football game. Like but, Norman well, Norse. Eh, hang Jordan on, Evans. I want to go one step farther than Joe. And I know I wasn't asked to be in on this, and I certainly didn't no, talk. No, 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 go ahead. No, we but, barely let you, you know, talk when we're talking about this stuff anyway. For me, uh, you know, it's, it, it isn't so much, like, don't get me wrong, I always make the point of, you know, with the coaches, you're the chef, you're the, you pick the food, you cook it, you can't blame somebody else if it's not wrong. It, it, it falls on you ultimately. And I do agree with Eddie, like, that, the malaise that seemed to fall over that defense last weekend was just unbelievable. But at the same time, you know, you guys mentioned Neville Gallimore. He's getting all this time now, and he looks really good. I thought of any defensive player, he probably had more reason to not hang his head than maybe anybody else out there Saturday night. He made some plays. He didn't make all the ones he could have. There's no question. But he was in the backfield. He made some plays. But does anybody think – that if Matt Diamond and Charles Walker weren't hurt, we would be talking about Neville Gallimore this much at all? Yeah. So, so what about guys like, you know, Kerry, you talked about who would fill in for Jordan Evans. That's a pretty reasonable question. There's not a lot of depth there. I get that. But Ahmad Thomas, we've seen Will Sunderland. We've seen him make plays on a big stage. I, and I guess, I, you know, and I know you asked the question, Kerry, and, you know, and Bob talked about practice. Well, that's great. And I, I like a good practice player as much as the next guy. <laughs> but... When we're talking about what's happening on the field, Will Sunderland in four quarters made as many plays as Ahmad Thomas has all season. I know. He, he picked so up a pass and what does broke it up matter? And Mike Stoops said yesterday that they're looking to get playmakers on the field. That's I think that's the but number one. But I asked one. Mike yesterday, too, and he was like, he didn't say, well, he sucks in practice. He just said, we have to find a way to get him to produce for us. He didn't say he's not practicing well, so we can't play him. He basically There's said not a spot for him. Well, no, he basically said he's not, you know, prepared to play right now, but we need to get him that way. That's probably I think the buildup of anger from the fan base is it, it it kind of goes into that in that for so many years, for the last eighteen years, I don't know about eighteen years, but the last four or five years, I think people have felt like there are younger players on the team and that they always say they're playing the best eleven. But are they really playing the best eleven? Here's the well. Here's the thing about and here, this goes to Josh's point. What the hell was going to happen if they put Will Sunderland, yeah. the poor practice player, in that game on Saturday? Was Tech going to score another touchdown? Yeah. They were going to do that anyway. Yeah. I mean, so what's the damn harm? I that's the that's kind of the biggest hurdle that I think a lot of people have tried to 
I, I don't know about get over, but it's just like, what's the worst that could happen? They just gave up 734 yards. And, they're, and, and you can talk about a talent issue on this team, but they're a few years removed from probably the top safety class in the country with Will Sunderland, Khalil Houghton, yeah. and Prentice McKinney. And none and of those Mike guys can that, get on the field. Mike said that Khalil Houghton's got to play better. Uh, I mean, they've got to get Will Sutton or Will Sunderland ready to play. But I just go back to, I mean, we've seen Jordan Evans and Jordan Thomas and Ahmad Thomas play good football. Yeah, That's what it comes down to for me. And to wrap this thing all up in a bow, after talking to everybody this week, yes, st- stay stay vigilant on on OU's coaches. Hold them accountable. But right now, at this very moment, what it comes down to is these players getting off their ass and playing hard for a change. And I think Mike Stoops, for all the crap that he's gotten, had the best quote of the week when he just said, I asked him, you know, how does this team not more physical than, than they are? I mean, you got to have some self-pride and passion for what you do and, uh, you know, have a heart and, and play with some toughness. Uh, football's a man's game, and football will seek you out in a hurry and at the level we play. And if you want to play at a high level, you better learn how to be passionate about what you do, how to sacrifice things throughout the course of your life to, to play at, at a high level. It just doesn't happen. So, you know, I think, you know, everyone has to self-reflect, um, understand, you know, the situation we're in and dig down and try to, you know, pull this thing out and, and start what, you know, a great effort, uh, I think, Saturday. I think that's where it all starts. And, you know, hopefully our, our players, like I said earlier, are agitated enough to, to get their butts on the field and, and reprove themselves. So, you know, we lost a lot Saturday night, but, you know, we can we can get it back. So it's just you got to take it, you know, one day at a time. It starts with the preparation this week, and we got to make sure Kansas gets, a, you know, our best effort. And I, what I took out of that too, guys, is – and I'm Josh, I'm sorry you can't hear that. Um, I took out of it just hearing that and hearing – if you have Evans and Jordan Thomas and Ahmad Thomas and they're giving maximum effort, let's face it, that's that's probably your best bet as a defense. That's a better bet than having an unproven and and still learning Will Sunderland and uh, Curtis Bolton at middle linebacker and God knows who at corner. I mean, Parnell Motley, I guess, would is officially Jordan Thomas's backup. If, if they're going to win the Big 12, they're going to have to do it with those three guys. I know everybody wants to say, well, put somebody else in there. And, you know, maybe for the Kansas game you could and you could get away with it, but that's not going to... That's not going to win you a Big 12 championship. That's not going to make this defense as good as it needs to be, in my mind. The physicality question, too. Why can't the, those guys are very big? Those guys are very fast. Mont Thomas is huge. Mont Thomas is a big guy. Jordan Thomas is a big corner. And Jordan Evans has really gotten to be a big, fast linebacker. There should be bigger hitting going on in a game like that. Watching football is, is very. It's not a physical sport anymore. They dropped back to pass 124 times in that game, and there was one sack. You watch Kansas State safeties. You watch West Virginia safeties. They knock the shit out of people. OU, I can't remember a play this year where OU knocked the shit out of anybody. $2 in the curse jar. It's because they are soft. This Kansas is the soft. No, OU. OU is the softest team in the conference. On defense. On defense. No, no, no. I, I was going to say Kansas State's all Big 12 safety, Dante Barnett, Tulsa Booker T. That's a guy 
oh, you could have had without a thought. Gash. And that's not to say that's not to say that they should have. He probably didn't want to saying... be. He probably didn't want to be soft. <laughs> he lays the wood to people, though. He's really he good. I like He's him violent. a lot. Was there a harder hit than what? Has OU put a harder hit on an offensive player as Samaj P. Ryan took in the first game of the year? No. I mean, that that's the hardest hit that Oklahoma's seen all year, and it was by a defense. wasn't by their the, own. And the stuff – here's what kills OU's defense. The stuff that really hurts them is the stuff out on the edge. When they throw the little screens – I mean, actually, the most physical play anybody made all year was Jordan Thomas in that Texas game when he had a two-on-one because yeah. they screwed up on the outside – and he blew, he blew up the blocker and tackled the guy. That's the best play, most physical play they've made on defense all year, I think. They're soft. The most physical play in Lubbock on Saturday was Pirine taking out uh, yeah. the guy on the sideline. I mean, that, that was the most aggressive I saw of anybody all night. Shades of Adrian Peterson in Missouri. <laughs> that, I thought that was cool. That was, uh, but that, you know, Samaj Pirine plays offense, so I guess that makes sense. I just don't know where they where they're gonna turn over a new leaf and turn this thing around because I mean basically what Mike Stoops just said is we are soft, we are the softest group of, of football players ever. Okay, so the ultimate absurdity this week was that I had to go. You guys were there. I had to go to Baker Mayfield to ask him how he would help out the defense since I didn't say. You know, since these guys are a bunch of bums. But I really did. I just felt like if we're going to ask anybody how to turn this, the offense has turned it around this year. They have figured it out. Maybe Baker can help the D. Everybody already wants Joe Mixon to play linebacker. Maybe Baker Mayfield can get a second captaincy. Is that a word? He could be both offensive and defensive captains. Here's, here's my questions to Baker. Your uh, defensive guys, it's not real enjoyable talking to them right now. They're, they're taking this pretty hard, their performance. As a leader, as a guy on the other side of the ball, what can you do to, to help those guys? Is it just encouragement right now? Just got to keep their, their confidence up. I mean, yeah, they didn't play a great game, but not everybody plays a great game uh, every week. And so, and then you got to think about uh, Tech's offense is going to be top 10 in the country at the end of the season. They are every year. It's not like they're going up against some scrub team. That's Patrick Mahomes running the, running the offense. I mean, he's going to have those yards no matter what. I mean, Going up against the Kansas team that we're about to play, he had over 500 yards passing too, and they're a good defense. And so uh, it's not like they need to get down on themselves too much. It's about realizing that they're in they're in spots to make plays. They just need to finish the plays. I mean, they, they have the calls. They just need to, to capitalize, which is what the offense had trouble with in the beginning of the season. Do you leave it up to kind of their leadership, or do you take it upon yourself to say some things? You just, you just uh, rise up the competition level in practice. You kind of got to charge them up a little bit, get them going, uh, make them realize. That the reason the offense has been playing well is because we've been practicing really hard, and so uh, just got to get them to compete a little bit more and more like game game situations. See, if I'm Baker in practice this week, every time we get a play, I rub it in their face more than I ever have. Yeah, I'm I'm like, yeah, that's that's I didn't think you guys could get worse than the Tech game, but that actually just was worse when you get a play on. I was going to ask you guys that that that's fair game, right? When you're an offense and a defense in a football locker room, that's that's okay. Like if you're, I don't know. I I, I, li- I don't know if offense can talk. I think you can trash s- to defense. You can say it in a way. I think, but I don't think that you can. It can't be a all the time type of thing. Not when they're doing this bad. Like at this point, basically it's just Baker kicking, just said it sucks to suck. Yeah, I, it, it's kicking a dead horse at this point. I tried to ask everybody, like, how do you handle? 
being in the locker room I'm after a game like that. I'm like, sending a text to someone right now. I'm going to ask this very question. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, how do you, when you're in a locker room after a game like that, when the offense scores 66 points and the defense gives up 59, one side's going to be throwing a party while the other side's puking in the corner. So how do you handle those emotions? And I, I tried to ask guys, like, hey, do you give them like a little rib- ribbing, like a little friendly, hey, you know, ha- good thing we were there, good thing the offense showed up, and they were all, no. Not even close. Oh, I think that's a lie. I mean, I think they that, do do that, but I don't know. I think there's a, probably a line that you have to be drawn. I don't. I, I mean, there's you don't want to be too harsh on them, but I mean, at, at some point, it's still a locker room. I mean, if I was a member of the offense this week, I wouldn't let a defensive guy look me in the eye. <laughs> I mean, that, do you make them like carry your pads or something all week? I mean, ride bicycles to practice? Are we like Packers now? <laughs> I don't. I just. I'm texting I, multiple people this question. That that political answer, I just don't buy it. You know, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they were all like, you know, guys, keep your head up. You know, I, but that seems even. That seems, I don't know, patronizing in a way. I, I don't know how. I think ribbing also makes it feel more okay. Get you guys, get your act together. That's a form of leadership in a way. I don't know. They were just. It was just so bad that it. I have. I've never been in a game. Uh, covered a game where the. Op- the opposing offense goes 20 for 25 on third down. That's just that's insane to me that uh, that they were so bad on third down. And it wasn't it's like I told a couple people uh, coming back from uh, Lubbock on Sunday. It's it wasn't that it was third and twos, third and threes, third and fours. It was third and 20, third and 16, third and 17. Their average third down was 7.4. Yeah, it's I, I don't know. And I think that's where you lose a lot of confidence and they obviously don't have very much confidence going into this game this weekend. I think they'll probably play pretty well against Kansas because it's Kansas. But after that, they could they could lose every game. I don't think they will, but they can't just show up and win. This team can't. Not in not in Thir- Ames on a Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday night names, yeah, you're right. Uh, not in Morgantown, especially not in Norman with Baylor and Oklahoma State. There's a lot of ga- losable games coming up, but. Uh, can they figure it out? I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where it get, where all this goes from here, and uh, especially if they decide if they want to just pack it in and let the offense do their thing, or if they want to uh, have a little soul, have a little heart, and turn it around. Uh, first response from J.D. Reynolds. I said, is it okay for the offense to talk ish, since I've already been the cusser twice, to the defense in the locker room at this time after what is happening to try and motivate them? His response was, J.D. Reynolds says, that's asking for a fight. I wouldn't fight Bird, Tommy, Dusty. Like, he didn't want any part of that. He said, but there will be some clowning for sure. Things like, y'all got to stop somebody, can't give up 50. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He said, most of the offensive guys stay pretty positive. (laughs) Defense gets plenty as it is. He said something else, but... That's too strong for this program. <laughs> I think that's about right, though. That's what I'm talking about. Some ribbing. There's got to be something. I mean, you, you, you obviously don't want to... I, I, would, I would almost say, Joe, that Although, you know what? I it could, would be bad for the locker room if there wasn't right. a little bit of ribbing on something like that. I could right. see Baker pushing it too far, though. Yeah. I mean... But maybe I could, they need it. I mean, they yeah. probably do need it. Here's the problem. There is no Dusty. There is no Tommy Harris yeah, see, in that's that the locker problem. room. That's the response, yeah. I, I don't know. Neville Galmore, I wouldn't say anything to him. He's a big dude. Yeah. That's a big Canadian. Um, which, which you asked him about his hat. What was that word you used for his beanie? Toque. A toque? Josh, you've heard of a toque before, haven't you? I saw you talking about that. No, I've never. <clears throat> that word I'm not familiar with either. Hmm. 
I don't know why I'm the only person that knows about Tukes. Must have been a Duncan thing. It's a Canadian thing. Like Bob and Doug McKenzie. Once again, I'm going to be old man here. <laughs> old man Carrie. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Josh, do we want to hit anything on recruiting here? Well, I think really, um, I mean, there's not a ton to go over. I think obviously this weekend, uh, what I've been told, there'll only be one official visitor. That'll be Chuck Filiaga, the uh, Rivals 250 mm-hmm. offensive tackle. Obviously, that's a big one. And I think something that Scoop covered last week that we probably should just, you know, kind of make sure it's out there is that Oklahoma will be taking, if possible, two offensive tackles in this class. And I've kind of had, I think Oklahoma's a great spot with Adrian Ely, the other rivals, 250 offensive tackle from Louisiana. Uh, I think Oklahoma's moved it quietly into a really good spot with Philly Aga. I don't know that I'd say they lead, but I think it's them and Michigan. And there's a few others that are definitely involved, but it feels like, OU in Michigan, which gives OU the obvious advantage of being the you know quote unquote local school for a guy from the Fort Worth area. So I I think this is going to be a big deal for him, and Oklahoma gets to just shower him with attention. He's the only official visitor. Um, I think the other interesting part is Sedarian Lamb is coming up this weekend from Houston. That's a big deal with all that's gone on at receiver yeah. the last few weeks. Uh, there's a lot of talk that Charleston Rambo is going to take an official visit to Oklahoma. Uh, excuse me, to TCU this weekend. So there's a lot of moving parts at receiver right now, and for him to come up, OU to kind of have a chance to, you know, just make sure they're all on the same page. I think that's a big deal for OU. How ironic is it that after D.D. Westbrook's basically become the best receiver in the country, and the Oklahoma defense can't stop anybody, they're not losing defensive commitments. It's receiver where they're starting to have some problems, which is almost crazy when you think about it. I mean, they're holding on to their defensive class, and now they're starting to have to hold on to these receivers when they should be looking at an offense like this and be drooling about coming to play. I, it's kind of interesting. I'm not saying it's happened, and I'm not saying it's haven't, it hasn't, but I'm going to just wager a guess that a fair amount of the D.D. Westbrook headlines have ended up in a few players' DMs. Um, maybe even a guy that choose, chose to stay home recently. Um, that, that, that's just a general feeling I have. I think they're, they're trying to make it clear that, you know, guys, this could be you, like, why would you not want to be part of this? And especially with all Oklahoma has at, you know, at receiver this year with DD, they've got a big void next year. It's almost the same deal as coming into this year. So if you're a talented freshman, you not only are walking into a good situation a receiver, but you may play with Baker Mayfield. I, I I can't understand why that's not a huge draw. I don't see how Baker leaves. I mean, after this year. I, I, I agree. I agree. Where would he be going? <laughs> <laughs> He's not going anywhere, Eddie. We don't need you to take a shot at Baker, all right? I, I love Baker, but I'm just saying, where would he... I mean, unless he's going to do something else other than football, where would he be going? Dream? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he said, I heard that quote where he said he's taller than Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson was still a third-round pick, and he also had to Look, you, play a fifth year. You, you know? cannot tell Baker that he is not going to play in the NFL. He will cut you. Yeah, like, he's, you will not survive, he's probably, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's you probably going to... You are king of the smartasses, but if you tried to tell Baker that he's not going to NFL, in the NFL, <laughs> he would just clock you, a good one. He probably would. It would be a full-on beatdown. He probably would. Uh... Here's Get the, the thi- video, Eddie. See, okay, you yeah, mentioned you I'm not going to move the Westbrook <laughs> thing, and it is like that is to me one of the most maddening things in recruiting. It's like when OU needed offensive linemen, 
It's like they would lose them to everywhere else. You remember, like, before the 2015 season, like, they needed linemen, and they couldn't get the just guys that they wanted. They, how many times have they needed a linebacker to come in, and they just couldn't get... And then it's like you're talking to to uh, Jacob Phillips, and he's talking about all these schools that are you know trying to convince him that OU has all these linebackers. He's just going to get lost here and all this stuff. And you're just like, how does I mean, how does this keep happening? Where OU has these needs, the legitimate needs, a top five program, a top ten program has nobody, and you can't get you know some star to come in because he goes somewhere else and gets convinced that that OU has other people. It's just, it, it baffles. It's, it's one of the most baffling things to me about recruiting in Oklahoma over the last five years. It's I, go ahead, Josh. This one is just so weird. The, the, the TCU thing, like I, I get it. If we're talking about Alabama and I even get it. If we're talking about Texas, you're talking about the state flagship school. It's a great education. Austin's a lot of fun. Like I understand it on a lot of levels. TCU, like, what is it that's getting you excited about TCU? Like, I don't understand that one. Like, and and I get that it's closer to home, but beyond, like, at some point you're gonna have to go away from home. Like, and I I feel like more and more kids realize that, and I think maybe because they do, I lose sight when the guys that don't. That if if you want to go all the places you want to go in football, you're gonna have to leave home. So you saw OU beat TCU. And not a particularly good OU team beat TCU. You watched, you're watching a receiver that's quickly becoming a Bolitnikoff favorite. And I, you don't see how that's a ideal fit. I, I, I just don't understand it. I, and, it, you know, it's not my decision. I don't have to. But it's just one of those things where some kids, when they switch, I'm like, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see where that made sense for you. This is one of those ones. And, and, Rager's situation and potentially in Rambo's that I just I can't wrap my head around. TCU's my problem. Thanks, Gary. You better figure it out, Gary. You're not having a very good year. <laughs> All right, Eddie. Uh, I, I I feel like I should apologize. I said things on Twitter last night that were complimentary of Cleveland. Yeah, that, he, he did not like it. That can't happen again. All I said was that. Damn it, computer, shut up. Uh, all I said. Was it Cleveland's pretty good? No, they are. They are. They're really good. It's going to be interesting tonight, too. There's some really effed up weather heading to Cleveland. Arietta versus who tonight? Uh, Trevor Bauer. God, Kluber. You got to admit, Kluber was awesome. He's really good. He's yeah. amazing. And Frank Kona's already said he's going to pitch in game four and game seven if he has to. That slider is just ridiculous. He's insane. Well, you know I'm rooting for the Cubs, though, right? Yeah, I know. You believe that? Yeah. I believe that. Even though, you know, and we can get into this if we want, but it's really the Royals' fault that they, they're playing in Cleveland right now. I know. I know you're not a fan of Bud Selig or the All-Star game. OU's fans' hate for Mike Stoops is the same hate that I have for Bud Selig. I will say, though, <laughs> you get Schwarber at DH next year game now, though, right? That is true. That is That's true. It's not all bad. And that was amazing last night. I, that was I, unbelievable. I was watching the game at my parents' house, and we all thought that that was a home run. I don't know how it uh, was. The double off the wall. Yeah. But obviously it wasn't, so. I was just I was, I was, was just glad that Golden State got hammered last night. That was the best. That was the best. The only thing, the only addition that could have happened was a season-ending injury. That's the only thing that could have happened. Another Jones fracture? Uh, I'm... No, I'm no, I think double wanna, double break. No, you want a you want another Jones fracture because then he becomes like Yao Ming. 
Just like, like kind of career a, threatening. Yeah, that that'd be fun with me. But it was really disturbing, just turning it over there and seeing him in that uniform. I just, I was just like, you are such a little bitch. I just want it there one. I just want one time for it to be this this point where it's like everything crashes down on KD, and it's like I made the wrong decision. And you know what? If I'm going to tell you right now, if you're one of these OU fans that are, that that are sitting there and I have any complaints about being mad about KD leaving, and you come up to me and say something like, could have told you he was a Longhorn all the way, <laughs> I will punch you in the face. <laughs> I cannot stand that. I mean, just, I hate you if you, if you have that attitude. Well, those are the same people. I've told you before, those are the same people that spell your with a capitalized O and U. No, I'm not. I can I can deal with that. <laughs> I that's, can't. that's my dad. Oh, that's my dad too. You my, my dad. If I have a text <laughs> message from him, the O and the U are capitalized. In any words where they are involved. It's because they're they're in his phone. They've been auto texted. Oh like, yeah, like yeah. Everything you know, he like, types I know to my everyone dad's says it. Yeah. The capitalized. Like he's not doing that. It's it's programmed in now. I know it is. Well, I don't uh, I don't want to see Eddie if they go down O two. Oh, tonight will not be a good night if they go down 0-2. The, my biggest fear is like... Saturday will be the next time I see you. Yeah, and that sucks again. I'll have to listen to it, I guess, but it'll be all right. The, you were screwed anyway. They're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely. Completely. My sister's going up there, though, so that'll be awesome. To Chicago? So what high school yeah. game are you not going to Friday night, Eddie? Uh, whichever one you say, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> However, I will, uh, public service announcement, I'm probably going to go to VZDs on uh, Friday night if anybody wants to come join me. Go see Chef Eric Smith, my high school. I guess uh, they're having like some kind of big Cubs watch party I heard about. VZDs? Yeah, you, know, right you know, you could drop my name at VZDs and it'll do something for you. I can't, I can't say Maybe that Maybe I'll happens. get some free drinks. Yeah, I can't say that would happen anywhere else, but Chef Eric Smith is, uh, runs VZDs and he was in my high school band. Okay, my my rock band. Is this? I was in a I was in a rock band too one day. Were you? One time, yeah. Was Sam Bradford? No, it was in middle school. What'd you play? Lead singer. <laughs> Monkeys with matches. No Monkeys with matches. I have. We had T-shirts and everything. Did you play like a talent show? Yeah. Did you win it? Uh, well, I mean, it was just like. What a, song did you play at the talent uh, show? Uh, it was a Green Day song. Really? I think. I have video. I'll, I'll try Green and get guy? video. You have video. <laughs> I had video of it, yeah. You still have video of it. I think it's at my parents' house, probably on VCR. We have to or, find I mean, uh, VHS. Wow. We have to find Scoop HD. I'll ask my parents tonight uh, if they have it still. Oh, God, that's amazing. How is it that we have driven probably 100,000 miles together and we have never discussed that we both had high school rock bands? <laughs> I don't know. That is so bizarre. It was, uh, it was let's just put it this way. I was the the least talented person in the entire group. <laughs> like I, the you were just the you were the, the the person. And Chef Eric Smith, he uh, he also was our lead singer, but it was only for one song. We did U 2s I will follow. You should see how giddy these two guys are right now. They're uh, both beat red and smiling. We're just doing <laughs> this because Joe told us the stats that he had when he walked in here today. Yeah, and then let me read any and of them. And all I could hear in my mind, as he was talking, was show killer, show killer, show killer. Oh, show I, killer. I would love to be a show killer. <laughs> I could be a professional show killer. 
Do you want to you want to give some stats before you get out of here? Do you want, oh, oh, that'll be a good way to end the show. Kill it. I just want you to leave my house like you know, embarrassed because you're because okay, the pleats in your pants. <laughs> Excuse. Don't act like you're not impressed. Okay, here we go. Uh, your best, your best whew. two stats. Okay, okay. My best two stats. All right. Bring it strong. Oh man. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'll give you. Now. I'll give you one defense. Don't explain. Just do. Okay. I'll just do. There's only been two seasons where Oklahoma has had three games where they've allowed 45 points or more. One was 1996 under John Blake. Bad. The other is 2016 right now. That's your defense. And there's still some games to go. So if they allow 45 points again. Be the first time in history. First time in history. You've done that four times one year. All right, I'll give you D.D. Westbrook's stat. You're only making Boz more angry. He's, uh, he likes uh, to quote the Thanks for listening. Sooner Scoop account. Uh, all right, here we go. D.D. Westbrook. All right, here, I'll give you i I've heard this one. This is... With, uh, he, okay, here we go. On his, on his last four games, he's averaged 194 receiving yards per game. Before this year, Oklahoma only had three receivers ever have a 194 receiving yard game, and Westbrook has averaged that over the last four. Broyles did it twice, Shepard did it twice, and Manny Johnson did it once. Malcolm Kelly... And Mark Clayton never had a 194 receiving game in their career. And D.D. Westbrook has averaged that over the last four games. Wow. Now that's what I like. Has been dropped. That's pretty good, right? It is. When you put it into like terms like that, it is pretty amazing. It's hard what, to believe that people actually listen to that. <laughs> it's amazing that, that the connection that Baker and D.D. are having right now when you think that I, th- I think the most amazing stat that I've heard this week is uh, Baker Mayfield's three points ahead of the efficiency rating oh, yeah, of Russell Wilson, oh, Russell Wilson for all time in college football. Wow. He's at 194 right now, and I think Russell Wilson's season long was 191 for quarterback efficiency, and that's cray to me. The stats are getting contagious, Kerry. Oh, I love Nuggets. <laughs> all right. Are we going round table? Josh, you got a stat? I do not have a stat. I will say something that stood out to me this morning. I put it up on the board. Bennett Powers from a site that I really like. It's called Pro Football Focus, and they do a lot of like play-by-play breakdowns of players. They do it over the accumulation of a game, and they'll rate them all. Bennett Powers was their best left guard in college football last week. Why are you week. calling him a Bennett? Guy, they rated it at like 88. Are you friends with his mother or something? What's that? Why are you calling him Bennett? I, that's, that's what I mean. I guess that's just what I have him as like I, I that's what that's what I would call him to his face I guess uh I only interviewed him a couple times so he's not one of those kids that, like I had a really good relationship with like he committed fairly late was a midterm guy so there wasn't a strong bond so if he's Ben that that's fine but uh Bennett's just what I would call him I guess he had it both ways 100% the most unassuming like if you walked into a Walmart or something and saw Ben Powers I don't know if you would be like yeah, that's the starting right guard for Oklahoma. I have I have the best sound drop for uh, for Josh when he gets if he really wants to get going on like oh, prospects oh. and stuff. Todd, 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 Todd. That's Frank Caliendo screaming. Todd, Todd is. He's like, what is that? Mel Kiper over and over and over again. I had no idea what that is. You want to hear it one that more time? That was a truly Mel great. Kiper yelling great. at Todd McShay. I'm right Oops, that's all the, wrong the one. time about predictions. That's Jim Traber uh, saying he's right about predictions. Todd, 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 Todd. 
be awesome if it was just saying Big Daddy, Big Daddy, Big Daddy. Eventually, Joe is going to graduate to some point where it can become like a Kuiper McShay thing, I think. I, Would this, you be okay with that, Josh, or is that too threatening? Does that, does that make, if I'm McShay, not that's all. not threatening to him no, at all. Joe, Joe's got a good eye. I, I, I'm completely fine with that. Joe, 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 Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Josh with that hair, with a big quaff, walking around camps and high school stadiums with a big quaff and a thousand dollars. If suit. we ever have like a Sooner Scoop Halloween party, that's what we'll have to do. Like oh, we'll have sure. to. You'll go as Kuiper, and he'll go as McShay. Uh huh. Uh, now you, Neither you one of you have the build to be McShay, though. That's the problem. How, how, Did we lose Josh? You're going to have to clean it up a lot, Joe. Uh, I'm going to have to clean it up a lot? Yeah, you can't You can't just make a beard disappear. McShay doesn't wear a beard. He's got no beard. Oh, He's yeah. got no long hair. It's. I, that's true, but you don't want to see me without the beard. It's so much worse. <laughs> I look like I'm like a fat 14-year-old. <laughs> Like, did that 14-year-old, like, he's an 8th grader, but he probably should be, like, in 10th grade because he got held back. But he's got, like, a fat, chubby kid face. That's what I look like without a beard. Full disclosure, Joe's way too big for me to try and beat up, too. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't fall into the right wrestling weight weight class. Oh, no, I need to go 135 and below. (laughs) I... I don't know. We know we don't know what would happen. I don't think I've ever been in like a real fight before. I'd be like to see what would happen. All right, uh, we have run out of time, and we're running out of show, obviously, uh, by this band. Hey, hang on, hang on. Yes, we got a bit of news here that just came out on Twitter. Uh, Jalen Johnson, uh, Rivals One Hundred Corner, is going to announce his commitment Friday night. Hmm. I don't have any more information than that right there. He has not visited OU, but he's a Fresno guy, so. I, I don't know what that means, but that's that's really interesting. So where's he going to go, Josh? Oh, man. It's not rocket science. If you made me guess, yes, I might we'll lean on. towards USC, but I don't I don't know. I, he, he, that, he's been real quiet. I'll, we'll definitely have some stuff on this in the scoop. I will have to check with some various people that will uh, we'll have some better answers. Even though OU's had luck in Fresno, I feel like every one of those guys has, has had kind of – some suspicious, some uh, some crazy stuff happened. Like they've they've kind of looked other ways towards the end. You never get a great feel for guys coming out of Fresno. All right, well that's going to do it for this edition of the unofficial forty. Appreciate Josh joining us uh, from his home base. Appreciate Eddie and Joe uh, being in studio as well. Uh, thanks guys for listening. Go check us out uh, on uh, iTunes and review us. Uh, please give us five stars if you feel that's appropriate. Unless you hate all the cussing. Uh, or like that lady today, if she hates uh, me just because I told Nick Basquin that I think he's a fine young man. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. <laughs> she was people ma- just want to be people. People just want to be mad at you no matter what. She was mad because you complimented him, and it should have just been expected, right? That was her I, beef. I, that's what I got. She, he he complimented. Of course, would- she does have a, a a wiener basset hound as her profile picture. I didn't even know Bassett wieners were a thing. So anyway, I think it might have been a beagle wiener. I don't know. So that's going to do it for us. We appreciate everybody listening. Go check out Soonerscoop.com. If you're not a subscriber, uh, give us a look, man. It's it's really cool. You get to interact with us anytime you want. Uh, and that's going to do it for this edition of the uh, Unofficial 40 for Josh McQuistian, for Eddie Radosevich, for Joe Duvall. I'm Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you next time here on the Unofficial 40.